I, I think, unfortunately, we have started to think that love encompasses a whole lot more. Mm. When you separate out that, you know, how do we even define what love is? But right. if you separate it out from the other pieces that we're going to be talking about, mm. then yes, I do think it's good to have those feelings. But I think it has come to be so loaded with so many expectations that that's what makes it difficult. This week, is soulmate love overrated? For most of human history, people weren't marrying for love. Marrying for love is actually a relatively new construct in our society. So, Dr. Karen Sherman joins us today to explain what this all means. Stay tuned. I never want to give it back. Hi, I'm going to keep this short. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. You should know that we have a website, hitchmag.com, with thousands of articles, our complete podcast archive with over 500 episodes, a free weekly newsletter, and more. If you like this podcast, please leave a rating or review to help encourage others to join. And without further ado, enjoy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, editor-in-chief of HitchedMag.com. I am joined once again by the lovely, the original, the brilliant Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. How are you? Hi, Steve. Good to be with you, like always. Thank you. Uh, It's great to have you on, as always. And uh, you sent me uh, this really interesting article um, that was sourced, and it was it was a fantastic article with some really with with some really interesting thoughts in it. Um, and it basically questioned: Is soulmate love overrated? Are we are we um, are we buying something that's kind of false or at least today super unique? And so the first question. Excuse me. The first question I have is uh, the author starts off by pointing out that basically throughout humankind, people got married, uh, usually through some sort of an arranged marriage. Uh, We know there were like property rights involved, like there's all sorts of stuff that why people got married throughout history. So they would get married and then they would fall in love. And it really is very recent particularly when you're talking about the grand scope of marriage and relationships, which we know goes back for forever. Um, it, it's, it's interesting. It's a unique situation where you fall in love and then get married, which is where mm-hmm. we are today. Mm-hmm. So how do you think, um, just in general, before we get into some of the more specific questions, what do you think is the impact of that and uh, of, of flipping things on their head? I think unfortunately, and, and, A lot of people may be surprised by some of the things I have to say today. I think that it has ended up being uh, creating difficulties for a lot of people. Um, I think that um, so much of what happens in our life is based on our perceptions and our expectations. And if we are expecting to find the one, the only, um, you know, the person who's supposed to, and of of course, I'm being sarcastic now, complete you, then I think that it may make it harder 
to find um, somebody who is um, could really be a very good mate and companion. Mm-hmm. And I think that it also, to some extent, skews what you look for. Mm. So, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. You may be surprised that that's the way I'm answering. Uh, but I think that this notion of, you know, finding the person that you love so much uh, and all that goes with that as far as what you expect may th- make things more difficult. And so I think it could lead to a lot of people being disappointed in marriage. Mm-hmm. And I think for people who don't get married, it can lead them to feel like, you know, what's wrong with them? Nobody, you know, I'm, I'm not suitable for anybody. Right. Um, I can't find the right person. So I think it puts a lot of stress on us. Um, so I have a lot of thoughts on that. Yes. On that. Uh, I guess the first one, and I know we're going to get into this more later, but mm-hmm. lo- like, cause I, I, when I was thinking of this and trying to compose the questions, I was separating love from mm-hmm. all the other stuff that we're going to talk about. What okay. of also being your best friend and right. your everything, as you pointed out, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the love part. Do you think mm-hmm. to try to narrow it onto that? Do you think, uh, like, what do you think about just the fact that you have to love the person before you get married? Because that in itself is new. Because there was that wasn't there before. I I think unfortunately we have started to think that love encompasses a whole lot more. Mm. When you separate out that, you know, how do we even define what love is? But right. if you separate it out from the other pieces that we're going to be talking about, mm. then yes, I do think it's good to have those feelings. But I think it has come to be so loaded with so many expectations that that's what makes it difficult. Right. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because, uh, when you say that we have loaded the word love with so many things, I've, I've been to a lot of weddings and I know you have as well. And I'm sure we, at least half of them, there was some speech about talking about the bride and groom finding their best friend. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and really a more appropriate, I mean, I think that's great by the way. I don't want to like poop on <laughs> people finding their best friend. Um, but I think a more appropriate, uh, framing of it would be finding a partner. Uh, yes. You know, like I went golfing yesterday with my best friend. Jess mm-hmm. would not go golfing with me. And so <laughs> that's kind of a requirement to be my best friend. You need to like like some of the activities that I like. Yes. Uh, and so um, it, it is interesting how we have loaded love with all that baggage uh, mm-hmm. that, that might not necessarily need to be there, uh, particularly in a modern society. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, one item pointed out is that there's a rise in divorce with this rise of love-oriented marriages. So basically, as soon as people started able were able to pick and choose who they wanted to marry and it wasn't as arranged, um, we also, along with that, started seeing divorce. So the author points out that uh, part of marrying for love was happening because the collective family and community who were arranging the marriages – meant that they were also um, participating in the vetting process. And so you had this like, you know, a hundred minds uh, for who is a suitable mate is better than 
you yourself, the one. With that, um, I also want to point out, however, that because you are able to pick and choose your mate, that also demonstrates an autonomy, uh, which means you also have the ability to voice your opposition when when things aren't good, whereas we know that wasn't the case before. Um, so so being able to choose, wouldn't that automatically, wouldn't you expect the divorce rates to automatically rise with that freedom? Yes. I have a couple of thoughts. Okay. Uh, just now when you said I need clarification about um, you have the autonomy to voice when things aren't good. You're talking about within the marriage yes. that if you're not happy about something. Right. Okay. So that goes to the fact that not only do we have the choice to marry, but we have the choice to divorce. And in olden days, I don't think people had that freedom. I think you got married. There were certain, again, expectations of what that arrangement was supposed to look like. And you you just didn't divorce. That was mm -hmm. just not something that was done. So I think that's a piece of it. But the other part is, if we talk about choice and we combine it with the concept of I'm in love, you're now talking about emotions driving you. And as we have often said in previous podcasts, you have that emotional feeling. You're looking through rose-colored mm -hmm. glasses, and you may not really be looking at all factors that go into a good marriage slash partnership. You are being um, motivated by your feelings, which are not necessarily rational. Mm -hmm. So very often it is possible you know, let's do a variation on the theme that we're not going to have an entire family um, cast their votes and make decisions. I think it's also important that we be open to hearing what some people who are, quote, not in love mm -hmm. might see, because since they're not being driven by the emotion, they might have a more realistic sense of certain qualities in your partner that you're going to look over, you know, that you're going to look past mm -hmm. because you're just so in love. Right. <laughs> I think there's a lot of mother-in-laws nodding their head like, mm-hmm, yes, <laughs> all of this. Mm -hmm. uh, 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 you know, I, I think those are very valid points. Um, the, the, the interesting thing is, um, I guess the problem that I have with the way that this article is laid out mm -hmm. is it does this comparison as if the olden way was a better way mm -hmm. because the divorce rate is lower mm. as if that is defining success, a successful marriage. Correct. Um, Correct. And nowhere in this does he talk about a happy marriage. Correct. And Correct. it and so when you think of like, well, yeah, the divorces uh, weren't happening. And to your point, yeah, like people on the outside can absolutely see things that you can't when you're wearing those rose tinted glasses. Um, it wouldn't have mattered if you're wearing the rose tinted glasses or whatnot in past centuries. If you were getting beaten, you were still staying married. That's correct. 
That is correct. So he does not talk about, if we look at those old marriages, of course, we can't go back to them. Right. Are the people really happy in the marriage? So you're, you are correct that he's merely looking at the divorce rate and not looking at if the people who stayed married in the past would have wanted to get a divorce if that was an option. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, one of the other interesting things is uh, we have hindsight now to look at it in 2021 when we're recording this. Mm-hmm. Um, divorce rates did go up. Uh, when people started marrying for love, which was, again, a very recent thing. Like we're talking within like the century mm-hmm. <laughs> of a recent thing. Um, we also know divorce rates started going down uh, as people waited longer to get married. Do, mm-hmm. do you think um, the the fact that we are now not getting married at 18 and 19 and 20 and instead getting married at 27, 28 and 29 is having an impact because while uh, it, it's, it's, I guess it's giving couples time to work through that rose tinted glasses phase. They're moving in together and then they're getting married. So the love aspect is still true. Um, but they've kind of uh, worked through some of those hiccups that this author points out that. Yes. Couples, I do yeah. think, yes, I do think getting older uh, helps, you know, according to the points that you're making. And I think that, you know, when you're younger, you do tend to be a little bit more impulsive and have that feeling of, you know, invulnerability mm-hmm. and I can do anything. So I think that as we get older and we are thinking things out a little bit more and not just sort of running with the emotion. Mm -hmm. Uh, I do think that that has helped the divorce rate go down. Uh, I'm going to throw in a a slight curveball here just to Mm -hmm. point it out that, um, when we talk about marriage, it's not an isolated, uh, event that happens within society. One of the reasons that, uh, like marriages are taking place later is because we have, Uh, since we're talking about old timey things here, we have an unprecedented streak of peace in the world. That's not to say that there's not violence. There's not to say that there's not wars, Mm -hmm. but we are at like an all time recorded history low of war and, and, and violence, uh, in this, on the, on the planet. And when you think about the dynamics, particularly in the United States of when, marriages were taking place, particularly in the modern era, particularly when we're talking about marriage for love, um, and, and kind of blurring the line a little bit because of like love and necessity. Um, it was people going off to war, people coming back from war, Mm. a lot of like Mm -hmm. shotgun type weddings, um, Mm -hmm. having kids as fast as you possibly could because of the uncertainty of everything. Um, we now don't have that. Like, yes, we have wars, but we are not in the same circumstances. Uh, Mm -hmm. And this is true globally for the most part. Um, So I just kind of wanted to point that out that, um, as I mentioned, we are marrying later. There's a reason we're marrying later because we have the opportunity to not go off to war, instead go off to college. And then uh, we Mm -hmm. have the opportunity not to come back from war and try to like recalibrate to society, but to come back from college and recalibrate to the workforce. So, um, you know, with all this like bad news that's out in the world, I sometimes would like to like point out that 
some of the problems we're talking about is not because things are bad, but because things are so freaking good that we've mm-hmm. never had to deal with them before. So mm. I just wanted to make that point. Very interesting. I agree. I, I, um, I absolutely see the points you're making. Um, okay. So uh, basically kind of like when you think about what this author wrote and how he wrote it, it almost made it seem like love. I mean, this is pretty much, I think the argument that he makes is that love did not make marriages better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not that love is a bad thing because he talks about how you grow into that love over time. So mm-hmm. do you think love, uh, and particularly marrying, uh, because you're in love it has made be- marriages better or worse? Do you have a thought on that? Yeah, I don't, I don't, again, I can't just say love. Mm-hmm. I think that there are, um, a lot of different criteria that we, um, you know, years ago it was okay because you'll have a dowry or because you'll bring shame to the family if you're not married by a certain age or whatever. And so those stresses are taken away. But I think that with the whole concept of, okay, marry because you care about someone, it was never really, as the switch was taking place, outlined, what does love really mean? So we go back to what I was saying before. So, you know, so many of the marriage courses or therapy help couples to understand that there are lots of different factors that help you have a long-standing good relationship. Mm-hmm. Now, notice I'm leaving the word love out of it. <laughs> right. So it's learning how to respect each other, learning how to communicate, learning how to have conflicts, learning, you know, about proper expectations. And so when couples learn those things, their marriages, their relationships are longer lasting and far more satisfying. Mm -hmm. But again, I think that the word love has such an emotional, almost irrational expectation around it that all that other stuff just never, you know, factored in. Right. Um, You know, very old marriages where they were arranged were based on practicalities. Right. And now we're saying, no, it doesn't have to be based on, you know, uh, how many cows I'm going to get from your marriage. Mm -hmm. It should be about the two of you. But there's a lot more to the idea of what does the two of you getting along mean other than, oh, I feel really like, you know, I just love this person and I'm in lust with this person. Mm -hmm. Um, That's going to go away. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have those other aspects, then the marriage isn't going to hold. The relationship isn't going to hold, Mm -hmm. in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, I was just going to make a joke that uh, at least in the arranged marriage, you would at least have a cow when the other things went away. But, <laughs> um, uh, so the second point that the author made, so the first point was that love really hasn't made marriages better. The second point that he makes at the end of his piece is that we ask too much of our spouse. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I know the answer to this one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you want to, do you, do you have anything Absolutely. to add? Cause I know you've kind of talked Absolutely. about it already. I think we, <clears throat> have the expectation that we're going to um, 
feel attracted to this person. We're going to expect them to be our best friends, to really understand us, to enjoy doing the things with us that we enjoy doing. Um, I think there's way too much that we put on the person that we've married and that that uh, it's a burden. Yeah. Uh, You know, one of the the other things I wanted to unpack really quick uh, before we get to the final question here, the headline talks about soulmate love. Um, Mm -hmm. You talk about how love itself is a loaded word. Mm -hmm. Where, like, where do you see like soulmate, the word soulmate play into all this? Does that, is that just kind of like tacked on to love? Uh, Yeah, I think, I think it's a romantic, uh, you know, concept that you have found the one. And quite honestly, I think there's more than one person who would, Mm -hmm. um, you know, be a good, a good partner for you. Um, but I, I do think the whole concept of soulmate is I have found the person who really gets me and I get, and we're meant to be together and we're going to run off into the daisy fields and live happily ever after. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And people are saying, oh my goodness, <laughs> why anybody go to her as a marriage therapist when she's got all these cynical ideas about, you know, about who the, your partner is. So my answer to that, which is my, you know, yeah. when you say, do you have anything to add okay. is, I think that it is of utmost importance that people have a really good understanding of what makes a relationship work. Mm-hmm. And I, I prefer the word a good partner as opposed right. to your soulmate. Yeah. I, so it's interesting that you say this because my wife and I have actually talked about this. Uh, mm-hmm. Just like, do you think you, you could ever find anybody else in this world kind of a thing? And mm-hmm. the thing about it is, to your point, um, you can have a connection and a relationship with more than one people. I mean, this mm-hmm. is what I believe. The thing that makes the marriage special is then you have this long lasting intimacy that cannot be replicated. So even if there was another person out there for you, they can't replace the experiences that you had with your partner to your, use your word for the last 20, 25 years. Like you just can't duplicate that. There is nothing that they will, this other person would ever do to mm-hmm. get that, to, to achieve that. And so, um, to your point, like I, like I can't imagine myself with anybody else. Um, mm-hmm. but that's not to say that I couldn't possibly make a marriage work with somebody else. Right. Um, and, and have new experiences with them. Right. I, I mean, of course, you know, I could say that same thing of, of a good friend of mine, nobody's going to be able to replicate the relationship I have with a good friend because we have unique experiences to us. And, and I'm not suggesting that people say, oh, there's a lot of people out there who could make me happy. Let me dump you and look for somebody else. <laughs> right. That's not at all my point. My point is that I think that the way to have a successful relationship is to have these other components where you have appropriate expectations so that the marriage can work for you. Right. It's not dumping everything on your spouse to try to get them to be this all everything. That's correct. Ethereal soulmate that will never be achievable. That's Um, correct. So if requiring your soulmate 
uh, a spouse to be your soulmate uh, is too much. Where does that, where is the right balance? Do you think? Hmm. You know, I, I don't think I can give you an actual equation, but I would basically say that more or less you have to feel even more or less is a not definitive thing (laughs) that there are many things that you feel that you share that you can understand about each other, that your basic needs are being met. But to think that this one person is going to meet all your needs is off balance. Mm -hmm. I think that there are different people who have different attributes and that they, that a person needs, you know, you know, a lot of different people in their life. I think the first thing a person needs is to feel okay within themselves. Mm-hmm, right. Because when you are looking to other people to make you feel okay, um, I, I think that puts you in a dangerous position. Um, it's important that you work on yourself and feel okay about yourself. And then you have other relationships to enhance you. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, the person you're married to does the most enhancement, mm-hmm. but not all of it. Right. I, it's, it's interesting because as you were going through uh, your explanation there, I was just kind of thinking about like, what, what do I think is like important mm-hmm. for a mar- successful marriage? And I think uh, I will counter uh, what the author stipulates, which is that love isn't really beneficial to marriage because he takes strips uh, uh, happiness out of the equation, which I think mm-hmm. is uh, just a non-starter for me. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly in like an advanced society. I understand needing to survive back in the day, but for the most part, we don't need to do that today. And um, I, I think like one of the most important things is like having the spark. And I think I would describe mm-hmm. part of that spark with as, as being in love. Um, and in terms of like what to, to what you're talking about, uh, the spouse trying to provide everything for you and that not being necessary. I think it's important to understand like what it is that you get from the relationship, like what it is that your spouse provides that other people aren't too too good. Uh, Okay. So I would say, I agree with you a hundred percent. And I would say that you have to feel safe mm -hmm. with your partner. Mm -hmm. You have to feel that you uh, can depend on them, that you trust them. And yes, also, you know, that there's got to be a spark, you know, it's hard to feel close to somebody if you look at them and, and, you know, you want to basically vomit. So (laughs) there's got to be an attraction there. Um, But I think that, you know, there are certain foundational um, qualities that make this person uh, the, the, the more appropriate person from you for Mm -hmm. you than, you know, hundreds of others. So a sense that, um, you get each other, you respect each other, you feel that you can be open with that person and, um, you know, feel that this is somebody that really increases the value of your life. Right. And, um, you know, adds to your life. That's why I chose the word enhance before. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think as you were describing like the safety and the understanding and all that stuff, um, I, I was kind of thinking of just intimacy, um, and, and like an emotional capacity. Like, I feel like not that it's 100% necessary, but I think there needs to be either physical intimacy or emotional intimacy. I think if either of those are gone, then, uh, I agree. uh, Yeah, I agree. And when I was talking about having trust and respect and feeling safe and being open and having your needs heard to me, those are the very things that create the intimacy, the emotional intimacy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, this is not to say that you can't have intimacy, like emotional intimacy with other people. I know you mentioned best friends, like people have great intimacy with their best friends where they're able to mm-hmm. confide and have that safety and all those other things, uh, which is why I come back to that like spark <laughs> aspect yes. of it Yes, because that's part of what separates it. Um, so anyways, yeah, it, th- this whole concept of what is marriage, uh, I think is fascinating and I also think it's like it's it's ever evolving, right? Like what it used to be is not what it is today, mm-hmm. and how we define love, and to to the points that you've been making today about all the baggage and the additional things that we have lopped onto the word love mm-hmm. um, today. And again, I kind of feel like we have added all these things to it out of uh, ability to do so. Um, I know people will blame the media and, you know, the movies and all that other stuff. And not that they haven't perpetuated these myths, but it's like this stuff, you know, all those Disney movies about like the princess being saved and the love Mm, and the soulmates mm -hmm. and them fairy dust and stuff. Those came from books. So before there were the movies, there were the books. So this isn't like a new phenomenon that mm-hmm. of this stuff existing. And let's not forget about Mr. Shakespeare. He had a couple things to say about romantic <laughs> love as well. So, uh, yes, the flavor of the month is like, yes, the movies do a, 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 their own propaganda on what they believe love to be and, and what relationships are, which is, which is fine. Uh, honestly, I, I think, you know, if people want to have their take on it, it opens it up to have a conversation about what we think, it is. And also what, like what our expectations are for our partners. And, um, I think as long as we understand like what it is that we think we can get out of it. And, and, but I think to what we've been talking about today, not putting too much, that makes it an impossible task that, Mm -hmm. um, we never measure up or our partner never measures up. Then, you Mm -hmm. know, I think hopefully people out there will find their happy balance. Um, I know you did your last thing, so we won't do that. And so I will just say thank you so much for your time, Karen. It is always a pleasure. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I, before you go, I want to remind everyone that you have been listening to Dr. Karen Sherman, a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for over 30 years. Karen is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. She is the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. You can get this information at her website, drkarensherman.com. You can also find her information on our website, hitchedmag.com, where we have tons of articles, hundreds of podcasts, and a free newsletter that goes out each Monday. And um, I also would like to ask if you've enjoyed this episode or any of the episodes of the past, if you'd please give us a rating or review. The difference being that the rating is just like selecting the stars. The review is actually telling us what you think. So either of those is greatly appreciated. Um, uh, It helps other people find us because, um, you know, word of mouth helps. So with that, we will call this a show. Until next time, 
Take care, everybody. We're on top of the world too.